How's it going, guys? Welcome back. All right, we got some good, good stuff for you tonight. I say tonight. It's tonight for me. It might be morning for you. You might be mowing the yard. Who knows? Um, I wanted to thank everybody again. I, I, you know, if you want me to stop saying it, I'll stop. But thank you for to all the ones that are uh, reaching out and listening to the podcast. And uh, it has it has grown uh, so much in the past uh, the past weeks. Um, it has grown, and sorry, my son's trying to come in right when I press record. Seriously, oh man, yeah, this is this is real life, guys. <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna leave that in. I'm not gonna edit that out at all because that's it's perfect. This is this is life, uh, uh, in your face. Here we go. Um, so anyway, getting back to what I was trying to say. Thank you guys so much for the support, for the love, for the um, for the listens. Um, this is a work in progress. I've, I'm working on it every week, and I hope it's getting better and better and better each time. Um, that being said, if you have any issues, anything that I need to tweak, work on, go from there. Um, you know, it's getting hot, so <laughs> I might have to start doing these at night. Uh, I'm doing them in my shed, and it gets really warm in there. So I uh, don't know, don't know, you know, if the AC. Uh, it's not on, so we'll see how long I last before I die of heat stroke in here. Um, anyway, no, I really appreciate everybody and all the love and support. Um, I'm going to, you know, go down Grifter Alley a little bit. Um, please follow me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, I'm doing a youtube thing, posting up some videos and stuff now. Don't judge me, please. This is, it sucks. This is hard. This is hard work. I'm a very anti-social person and having to be social because I really want this whiskey stuff to take off for me, obviously. Um, and that's not the reason I'm doing the podcast. Uh, that's mainly for me to, somebody wants to hear me. Great. Cool. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of the thing I'm talking anyway. So might as well talk to somebody, uh, that wants to hear me. And that's the thing. You don't have to listen to every episode if you don't want to. It's fine. Um, I wish you would, you know, I wish we could, you know, why can't we be friends? No. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's super fun. So today we're going to get into, um, it's going to be a long topic. Um, it might be two episodes. I don't know if I'll do them back to back. Um, I'm kind of working. It's a kind of a work in progress. Um, we are going to get into, and we're going to get into it right now. We're, you know, right at two and a half minutes in and, we're getting into it already, so no housekeeping. Sorry, guys. Um, we're going to get into distillation. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Distillation. We're going to talk about the ins and outs, what it means, what it is, how you do it. What? No, you can't do it. Can you? No, you can't. Let me preface all of this by saying distillation without a license by the state is illegal. And I don't mean a permit for fuel gas. It is illegal in the United States of America to distill 100%. Don't do it. Okay? I got that out of the way, didn't I? Okay. Now let's get on. We're going to talk about distilleries. We're going to talk about what they're doing. We're going to talk a little bit about moonshiners and what they're doing or what they did. 
Um, I'm not going to go too much into history of it because there's so much history, right? Um, I could bore you with the details of the history, right? So we're not going to go there. I mean, we're going to go a little bit. I don't know dates. I don't know all that. I don't have my books with me to, to, to re, uh, you know, re, re, reference. Sorry, tongue twisting. Um, so we're going to start at the beginning and then we'll see where our time goes. And if we, if we run late, I'll wrap it up and we'll, we'll, uh, finish up. Um, so, and what, and why are we even talking about distilling? This is, this is supposed to be about whiskey, right? You know, you're the whiskey shaman. You should be talking about whiskey. Well, whiskey, you know, is distilled. So you have to know how it's made, you know, in order for you to know it, you have to look at what goes into making it in order to appreciate what's in the bottle, right? So I, I, I feel like this is like a back to basics for everybody and it's a refresher for me. So, um, like I say, this is, this, this kind of topics are not for everybody, but they, you know, for the select few that, that want it, um, it's here and it's kind of a thing that I can look back on and be like, okay, I talked about this. We went through this and then y'all can say, I'll reference other, you know, other episodes and you can go back and listen to, you know, the, what is whiskey and, or whatever, you know, what's the difference between the whiskeys, you know, we've already gone through that. So I'm trying to give you uh, an order to where you can just kind of say, Hey, go listen to this one, go listen to that one and have everything on the table. And then we'll start doing reviews and then we'll do distillery dives. And, you know, we're going to get into a whole bunch of cool stuff, but I got to get the basics out of the way for y'all. Um, so that we can get in, not that it's going to get more fun. It's going to get more fun because I'm going to start recording video, uh, you know, doing all that stuff, having guests. I really want to have guests. Um, I'm just not set up for it right now. You know, um, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And if that's something y'all want sooner than later, um, let me know. DM me. Let me know. Uh, leave a comment. Make sure you like and subscribe, please. Uh, it helps the algorithm on everything. Um, all right, let's get into it. Let's kick it. Kick it? Really? Oh, my God. Am I 92 or what? <clears throat> anyway, what is distilling? Well, distilling is taking anything. You can distill water, right? You boil it. You collect the vapor because, you know, any liquid that when you get it hot enough, it vaporizes. And then you cool it back off. And that is called distilled. Vapor distilled. Okay. They have water, everything, anything you can think of, right? Um, uh, alcohols, all different alcohols, vodkas, gins, all that stuff is distilled, right? Beer is not. Wine is not. You distill beer, it becomes whiskey. You distill wine, it becomes brandy, okay? You see where I'm going there. Okay, so distillation started. That they don't. There's records of distillation in Babylonian times. Uh, they found old copper pot stills. They found, uh, you know, uh, big jugs where they would make uh, distillate. And a lot of times it was bitter herb distillate for, like, medicine. Um, so they would take all these bitter herbs like mugwort and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And uh, hyssop and all the local uh, plants that they, they would use for uh, thistles, stuff like that, that they would use for medicine. And they would put it in water and vaporize it and then use that as a tincture to 
use as, you know, like cough syrups and stuff like that. So it didn't have any alcohol or sometimes it did. Sometimes they knew they made wines and beers and stuff like that. And they would distill it with that and they would give the alcohol as well. Um, but, and that's kind of where absinthe gets its not roots because it's, it's, it has its own path. And I want to go down that path a little more, but that's a totally different podcast, I think. Um, Unless I can get Alan Bishop on here and we can talk, <laughs> uh, we can talk uh, absinthe all night. But um, so the art of distillation is basically lit, we're going to talk whiskey, right? Because we're whiskey. Um, you make a mash. So we've learned about a mash. It's a it's it's grains that you um, like. Let's say we're we're going to do malted barley. It's the easy, <laughs> you know. I'm going to make it this as easy as possible for you. You get the malted barley. It's already been malted, so the sugar is available. The starch has been, yeah, we have to convert the starch to sugar, right? So we mash that. It has enzymes in it already because it's been malted. So you put it in a big pot of hot water. Some people say 155 degrees. Some say 148. It just kind of depends upon what you're trying to make. And you let it sit. The way that the enzymes work these days, you have full starch conversion in 15 to 20 minutes. Most people wait an hour sometimes more and then you take whatever that is that the the water that's in there let's say you're making a hundred gallons right you're making a hundred gallons you take whatever grain that's in there you know blah blah blah. uh you let it mash you crush it obviously that so that the the enzyme can be activated by the water um have you ever made like oatmeal and you forgot to stir it right it turns into a big dough ball yeah, I mean, I don't know who does that, but that it's a thing. You you have to be able to get in there and mix it up and stuff. Anyway, um, and then you, most people take a reading of it to see how much sugar is available for the yeast. The yeast come in and they eat the sugar, and they create alcohol, uh, CO two, and a bunch of you know acetaldehyde and all kinds of other esters and stuff so that's why like when when distillers pick yeasts they're very particular about like some use wine yeast some use uh brandy yeast some use beer yeast it just it just depends upon what your flavor profile is and what you're trying to do so um you pitch your yeast in there according to however much you have um and then after after you okay you get your gravity reading first right so your gravity reading is going to tell you how much available sugar is in there. So let's say it's, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people use the brick scale. This is way too geeky. I'm sorry. They use the brick scale. Um, a lot of other people use specific gravity, which is basically the density. It's not really dense. Anyway, the amount of sugars that's in that water. And they find the reading, whatever it is, uh, 80 points, right? Whatever that is, right? And then they like, okay, we know we have a potential alcohol of... 10%, whatever, okay, um, 12%. So then they pitch their yeast, whatever their yeast is of choice, and they let it ferment. So the yeast creates CO2, it farts out CO2, it eats the sugar, turns it to alcohol, right? Then once it's done, once it eats all the, all the available sugars, it settles to the bottom, and there that you have your beer, right? Or, or distiller's wort is what they call it. They don't call it a beer because we didn't put hops in it, right? So it's not a beer. Um, beer doesn't have to have hops, by the way. Anyway, um, 
all of them do, but they don't have to. Uh, barley wines don't, but it's not a beer because it's a wine. Anyway, um, and then after it's fermented, it can take anywhere from three three days to two weeks, depending upon what how your conditions, heat, pH, all those things matter. It turns into a mad scientist type thing, and the rest of this is going to be pretty mad scientist, and some alchemy and some you know uh, whatever. But so once you get that and you have your beer then you're like, okay, now I need to get the alcohol out of that beer, right? So you put it in a pot. Some people use copper, some use stainless steel. It depends upon the distillery, what they're going to do. There's so many different types of distillation that you can do. Um, there's column, right? So you, it's a it is what it says it is. It's a huge column. It has a pot with a huge column on top of it with the, what they're called plates, and they're plated. Um, and they can turn off and on those plates, with whiskey especially, um, because it has to meet certain criteria for it to be considered whiskey. We've already covered that, right? Um, so they turn off and on the plates to get the flavor profile they want. Some of them have four, five, twelve, two, what well, it doesn't matter. Uh, each distillery is going to be different. Some of them use a continuous still. And I think we might have talked about this. I don't remember. Uh, still Austin. Out of Austin, obviously. Um, they're using a continuous still. And so basically, they just pump the beer in there with grain and all. Pump it in there. And it instantly vaporizes by the steam. And it, the steam is injected at the bottom. All the barley falls to the bottom. All the alcohol goes up. And then they find their plate, they open that plate that they want to take that liquor off of, and they're done. Um, then there's a hybrid, which is basically a column still, pot still combo, and you can do both or none. Um, and then there's the pot still, which you've heard me talk about pot still, bourbons, and stuff like that. The pot still is literally a big pot. That's why they call it a pot still. Um, this is kind of basic, but... It's a giant pot, and then on top of it is a dome, normally, and then it has what they call a line arm, um, and then the line arm, depending upon its placement, so think of it, a, a circle with a uh, onion, we'll call it an onion, on top of it, right, and we're talking we're enough to hold this 100 gallons, so it's got to be pretty big, right, and then that onion sits on top, and then on top of that, it has like an a elbow, a 90 degree turn right and then it goes into what they call the line arm and depending upon where that line arm goes some of them go straight some of them kick down at a 45 degree angle some of them have a 65 degree angle it just depends upon the distillery and so and that gives you different flavors right the more uh angle you have going down on it the lighter your spirit is going to be so i think the higher up the more no, the grungier it's going to be because it's not going to be able to... It's going to get to that 90 and it's going to go straight down. It's not going to recondense any. It's just going to do that. But if you have it tilted up more, it's going to have a tendency to pool in there and run back down into the pot. So when it runs down back into the pot, it gets redistilled from the hot vapor, right? And so it softens it and makes it... Um, I hate to say the word pretty, but it makes it more pretty. It makes it a prettier whiskey. Um, 
which means gives a lot more floral notes, a lot more, um, you know, notes of, uh, like, orange peel and, uh, you know, things like that. So makes it lighter, uh, whereas the deeper you go, the grungier it gets because <clears throat> you're getting just the alcohol. It's not revaporizing. It's just coming up, boiling once, going down. That's it. Now, the, the onion, we talked about that little onion, that thing will condense and it will hold some of the vapor and it will, it will, it will recondense on the walls and fall back into the, into the boiler and then get boiled again. So you do have some, what they call passive reflux, but you're not get, going full reflux, right? We're not making vodka here. We're making whiskey. So we want it to be flavorful because we worked to make that beer, right? We worked to make that beer. And so we don't want to strip all the flavor out of it, right? And so speaking of strip, no, no, we're not talking about that strip. Um, that first run, when you put the beer into the boiler and boil it off and collect the alcohol off the other end, it's called the stripping run. You're stripping the alcohol out of the beer. Okay, so you're running it, you're heating it up, everything, it starts to vaporize. Well, you need to be able to get not vapor out. You don't want the vapor coming out the end because that's volatile. That can explode, right? It's alcohol. Um, so you condense it. You have what they call a condenser. Depending upon who's making it, it's a Leibic, shell and tube, uh, shotgun condenser, uh, worm. You know, the old moonshiners, they would have that copper worm going in a big circle. That is a condenser. And basically, it, you, you, you run cold water, or some people use glycol, or, you know, the, the bigger distilleries have all different types of chillers and stuff like that that they use. Um, you You do that and it condenses the, the vapor, the alcohol vapor back into a liquid, then you collect it. On the stripping run, now I don't, this is not all distilleries, only the ones that I've visited, they collect everything, right? We've talked about heads, heads, hearts, and tails, right? We've talked about the bad stuff at the front, the bad stuff at the end, you wanna keep that little middle section as the good part. Well, on the stripping run, you keep all of it to get volume, right? So after you do the run, you get down to whatever percentage of alcohol coming off the spout. You end up wasting energy boiling. Bo the boiling temperature goes up. The boiling temperature of ethanol is 173, 173 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, I don't know the Celsius, but anyway, you get it. Um, so what they, what they do is they start it there, right? And then slowly creep up the temperature because the more alcohol you take off of it the boiling point changes and it becomes more water in the boiler than alcohol right so it has a low, lower boiling point at the beginning and then the longer you get into what they call the run which is the run of liquor um, it boils off at different you know and so when you first run it you get the methanol right like we talked about you don't want that that's bad blah blah, blah. some distilleries they'll chuck it out you know, the first gallon or what or two, depending upon how big their, their run is. Um, and then, okay, let's say you're done for the day. You've ran all the, the alcohol out. It went down to like four or 5% alcohol, whatever, 10%, whatever they run it to. Um, then you take what is in that pot, the, the beer, right? Now it's called stillage, right? A lot of people dump it. Some people save that back set. I said it, I back said, 
they save a percentage of that to put in their next run. Okay, it's called Sour Mash, right? We've talked about Sour Mash. If we haven't, I'm sorry, we should have. Anyway, I think we did. <sighs> anyway, so then you you dump that. It's really not good for anything. It's other than Sour Mash. It's, re- it's really pretty acidic. You wouldn't want to drink it. It has no alcohol in it. It tastes not scorched, but uh, it's not great. Um, I got to try some in Andalusia, and I was like, oh, that's not great. <laughs> it tastes like stale, old, unalcoholic, nasty beer. Yeah, not good. Um, so they normally dump it. Um, and then if there's grain involved in it, they'll take that grain, because some people distill on the grain. So if there's grain in there, normally with single malts, they don't. Um, like in Scotland, they don't. They are everything they, they distill and ferment off of the grain. Why, I don't know. It's just a preference that they do. Um, some of the bourbon people say, and most of the bourbon people say, that fermenting and distilling on the grain gives more of that grain character to the distillate, which I can see. Um, so then you have all that grain. Feed it to the cattle. Um, it's a lot more um, easily digestible now because it's been mashed, it's been boiled, and so therefore it still has sugar in it and stuff, you know what I mean, that, that the yeast didn't get. Um, and it's very nutritious, you know, for, for them now, and their body can process it a lot easier. So, you know, the more you know, there you go. Um, so you have your, your pot. So of the 100 gallons you put in there, you might only have, I don't know, if it was a 10%, you might get uh, 20 gallons, maybe, of, of uh, what, what that would be called would be low wines or uh, low ends, whatever they call them. Mm. Sorry, I had to get a little drink. I'm talking too much. Um, that's kind of the point, though, right? I talk. Um, anyway. So then what they do is they, so we're, we're talking just pot still, right? We're not talking column still yet. We're talking just pot still. So once they have enough to refill their pot, so let's say they have a hundred gallon pot. You don't want to run it with 20 gallons of product because it's going to run out too fast. And if you're open fire or if you're steam injection, you're just wasting fuel. If you're an element, you know, like if you have a heating element in there, you're going to have a chance of getting an exposed element and causing big problems. Uh, you don't want that. So you want to have enough in there in the boiler to put it back in. So a lot of times uh, distilleries will do a number of uh, stripping runs and then one what they call finishing run or spirit run at the you know after a couple times when they have enough so let's say you've done a couple of those you have right at 100 gallons you're like all right the issue is and this is um, kind of a misnomer for some people okay that alcohol that's in there is alcohol right so it has a per- alcohol percentage to it you do not want to put anything back into that boiler that is over 40 percent alcohol that is for mainly for safety reasons, right? But also, the higher the alcohol content in the boiler, boiling it again, the more likelihood of you getting phenolic compounds that you don't want in your whiskey, 
right? So you don't want um, acetylaldehyde or uh, formaldehyde, um, <laughs> you know, in your whiskey. That doesn't taste good. You're not trying to embalm yourself. Maybe you are. That's up to you. But you don't want that in your whiskey. So 40%. Some people do 35 just to be on the safe side. It's fine. So you And you just add water to it. It's really simple, right? So then you stick it back in the pot at 40% or, or under, and you boil it again. But this time, it's a little bit different because you don't have all that... Uh, all the proteins and stuff in that beer. Um, so it's the boiling point is still going to be 173, but it's going to get there a little bit faster. So you need to watch out. <laughs> um, but they, uh, what they do a lot of times is they'll get it up to a certain temperature and then just hold it there until they're ready to, you know, maybe they're doing other stuff in the distillery and then, and then they'll do their, their run. And then once they do their run, they do pretty tight cuts, depending upon what they're making. Like if we're making the single malt, like we talked about with barley. Um, and if you're going to age it, let's say you're in Scotland. where on, I'm obviously not in Scotland, but if you were in Scotland, a lot of those distilleries, like I said in the past, um, they cut into their tails, which is the lower part of the, the run, a lot more because they're going to age them for 12, 15, 20, you know, however many years. So all of those compounds that are in the tails are still very good compounds, but they're mixed with a lot of other things that you don't really want to drink. And if you were to try the, the, the white spirit as it came off the still, it would be disgusting. It would not taste good. Um, but in a barrel, the barrel, because it's charred, right, and toasted, or well, the char mainly, but... Um, the char is charcoal so it filters out a lot of that and why do they cut so deep into the tails well there's flavor compounds in there that they want but they don't want all the other ones so they have to take the good with the bad um and they're in a climate where that long aging is perfect for them uh they can create a lighter spirit and um with with more because they have more time on their hands um now if you cut too far in the heads then you're getting a spiky acetone you know, nail polish remover. No, nobody really wants that, right? That's, that's just, and it will age out if you don't go too far. It will age out a little bit, but you're always going to have a little hot, a little hotness to your, and if that's what you want, if that's what you're going for in your spirit, um, you know, there's some distilleries that I've been to that, that they like that. Okay, cool. That's, you know, it's your prerogative, but most people take the heads and they'll, take a little bit of the tails and, you know, put it in there. And then they put it in a barrel. Now, if it, we're doing single malt, right? Uh, barley base. So most single malts are put into a used barrel, a barrel that's already been uh, used by a bourbon, a brandy, or whatever. They'll dump that in there and let it sit. Now, what's gonna happen in that used barrel is it's gonna give off lighter tones it does not have all of the wood sugars and stuff like it did before. I mean, it does. It still has them, but they're not as prominent. Like in a bourbon, you get all those really sweet uh, caramels and vanillas and stuff like that. It's going to be a lot less in a second use and then in a third use and a fourth use. I mean, they use those barrels till they fall apart sometimes. Uh, that's why a lot of scotches, 
not a lot, but a lot of scotches are like almost clear sometimes. Um, but they say they're 12 years old or whatever. Um, and they use E150. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But um, so you make, you know, after you did that run, um, then you're like, okay, now we make our next batch, right? And you just continue to do that and you fill barrels. Now, obviously, there's some distilleries like, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my, my wares here to, to tell you. Look, like Glenfiddich, we're doing single malts, right? Like Glenfiddich, they're a huge distillery, right? Uh, Highland Park, huge distillery. Uh, Ardbeg, huge distillery. They, they could probably fill 50 barrels a day, 50 barrels a run um, with their hearts, you know what I mean? So the smaller distilleries, they're going to have a harder time because the smaller your pot, the less yield you have, but also the less beer you're making. So, you know, the less money you're having to spend on grain and all that stuff. So, so a pot still is just that. It boils it, condenses it, comes out. It is what it is. You get a lot of oil from the actual distillate. You get a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the beer, uh, the distiller's beer that from the, that you masked, a lot of those flavors comes over. So you're able to pick up on a lot of the, the, the multi characters and stuff like that. Okay. So we're, we're good on time. So now let's get into uh, column still. And now this is going to be more like a lot of, now there is some that don't, but a lot of your Kentucky bourbons are going to be, uh, low rectifying column stills. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's super nerdy, super nerdy. Um, basically, it's redist, it had all these plates, they set plates in there, and those plates are like, in a layman's terms, it's m- miniature distillations on each plate. So you have six plates, that's what, like, and I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing shade at these people. That's like Tito's vodka. It says distilled eight times. No, it's not. It's distilled twice. The first time is the stripping run. The second time is, but they have eight plates. So it's distilled eight times, so they say. Because um, you wouldn't distill it eight times. There's no point in distilling it eight times. You're only going to get so much alcohol out. You're going to re- reach azeotrope, and that's it. You're done. 95% alcohol. You're, that's all you're going to get. Um, without doing some, you know, uh, uh, chemistry, but hold on, man, I've been thirsty today. Um, so I had to buy a new computer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm ad living in the middle, but, uh, we went to, uh, the big town today and, uh, I tried to get the computer fixed, went and talked to talked to Apple, the Apple Lords, and they said, yeah, you're screwed. It don't work. Yeah, I don't even know if we're going to be able to get our pictures off of there or anything. It's, and, you know, I backed up a little bit to the cloud, but I didn't, you know, they're like, you need to upgrade the cloud and pay $12 or whatever. I didn't do it, of course, because I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's stupid. Well, now I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> so, like, uh, we went over, I bought a laptop this time. I wasn't going to get a, a desktop. That way I can put it in the shed and do some videos. So that's coming soon. 
uh, get, get ready for that. Anyway, um, back to uh, Column Stone. So basically they just do the same thing that they were doing for the pot still, only it's purifying it a little bit more each time. So they, now with whiskey, you have to pull it off at um, 160 proof, right? Or 80% alcohol to be considered whiskey. Any higher than that, it's light whiskey, right? Now, if you're making light whiskey, go ahead and go up higher. But light whiskey is getting more and more like vodka, right? So we don't want to taste like vodka. We want to be able to taste the grains and the, you know, that's the whole point of what we're doing. We're making whiskey. We're not making a gin. We're not doing any of that. So... So what the distillers will do then is they will just watch it. And a lot of them have, you know, a lot of the big distilleries like Wild Turkey and all those, they're automated by now. They don't have some guy sitting there, you know, uh, get filling up a little jar and testing it with his tester and all that stuff. They don't, they don't have that. It's all automated now. So it's kind of, it'll, the whiskey makes itself, I guess. Um, but so you you run it through there and then you check your purity and then what they do is they have a cut point it might be at a certain uh, proof it might be at a certain time in the run they do do samples of the uh, the distillate coming off to check for flavor and and, you know make sure they're not getting any weird uh, weird notes coming out of it but uh, on the bigger distillers they just let it run Uh, but I know for a fact that you know like uh, and this doesn't pertain to this particular one, but like Moose over at Andalusia Whiskey, I know I fanboy about them all the time. If you're in Texas, go. It's it's a great time. Um, he, he they they only have a, a pot still right now. Um, they're working on a Vendome. I'm really excited about it. Vendome's a huge still uh, still maker, and they're they're getting one supposedly very soon. Um, so it's going to be really cool once it's all hooked up and, and running. Um, anyway, but he goes and he takes samples off of the still as he's going um, and does a little smell. And like if he's doing a peated run or something like that, after you do it a number of times, you kind of know, you know, you kind of know what to smell for, what to taste for. And he just puts a taste on his, you know, on his tongue. He's not like he's drinking it. He tastes it and says, okay, no, it's it's not ready yet. We're not ready to cut yet or whatever. But when you're at, um, when you're doing a column type still, the alcohol is a lot higher, right? So you're coming off at 180. You might stay at 180 for 75% of the run. Well, not 180. I'm sorry, 160. I'm sorry. Um, you know, so that's 80% alcohol. You're, you're not going to want, you know, you're not going to want to taste that, uh, too much. So they mainly do it by temperature and all, you know, all that stuff. And they have like, uh, sensors and stuff in there that says that, but they do, uh, they'll go and they'll, they'll sip on it, uh, a little bit just to see, make sure there's no, no funky things going on. So what the, what the column still does, like I said, the pot still makes it grungy, dirty, I hate to say dirty because it's not dirty, you know, um, a lot more, I'm going to say a lot more flavorful, um, whereas the column still lightens it, gives it uh, a little, it makes it to where the, to me, the barrel influence is a little more. Um, I know whenever I 
have the Balcones pot still bourbon, right? They leave it in there for in a new barrel for two years, right? And they pull it off. Of course, it's in Texas, so they're going to be um, fighting the heat and stuff like that. But I taste a lot more of the corn, the barley, the, you know, than I do with like a Kentucky bourbon. Kentucky bourbon, I taste a lot more of the barrel tannin and like the barrel sugars and stuff. I do taste the corn, the dusty corn and stuff, especially if it's a high high corn content but um I feel like that's kind of the thing like the oils and stuff that's in the pot still kind of they carry over in that barrel and they kind of protect the the over tanning tanning effect um and so I've had some tenant not Tennessee some Kentucky whiskeys that you know eight years old and they're like whoo man that's tannic you know so you got to kind of you know, uh, gauge it a little bit, but, but yeah, so they'll, they'll take it. And then once they do, you know, they do their stripping run, they do their spirit run, they pull off what they want from it. So let's say they're doing, again, we're doing a hundred gallon batch. Uh, with that, they might end up getting 40 gallons of product they can use. You know what I mean? Um, you get a lot more yield with a, a column still because it's rectifying it more and more and more so um that's one of the reasons they do it uh, not not uh they're doing it for taste and stuff like that as well but it, they get a higher yield and um so then that what they'll have to do though is they'll have to proof it down quite a bit before they put it in a barrel because you don't want to put you know 75 percent alcohol in a barrel you can but it's just going to over tanninize it so bad. Um, and it wouldn't be called whiskey, would it? Because um, it has to have a barrel entry proof, right? For bourbon, it's 125. Um, you don't want to go over that. And most distilleries are having lower barrel entry proofs, like 115 or something like that. So, um, so they have to water it down quite a bit more. Um, so they did all the work to get the water out of it and then they uh, just put water back in it. It's kind of weird. But, um, so yeah, I mean, man, I'm running through this stuff, guys. Wow, that's cool. Um, okay, let's, let's, uh, we might only make this one episode. Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I hope you guys are enjoying. Um, it's getting a little warm, but that's okay. Um, okay, let's talk about moonshiners. You know, I know everybody's seen the show with old Tickle. You know, everybody's seen that, right? Um, where do I start? <laughs> okay, that show is fake, for one, obviously. Uh, moonshining is illegal. Obviously, it has been. Um, they were doing it back during Prohibition because, obviously, nobody could buy liquor because they outlawed it. And so the moonshiners came in to run liquor. But, and, and this is no shade no shade on them a lot of the moonshiners were not making great product they were making what they had they were mixing a lot with uh sugars and stuff like that again i've tried some moonshines from distilleries they are not great but they're okay right so take them for what they are and then you get into the whole bath salt thing they were putting all these like poisons in there to make it taste like whiskey when it was actually not and they were using um 
like denatured alcohol and stuff like that. It's horrible, like killing people. It was bad. Okay, so that gives moonshiners a bad name, right? So what happened, and did you know that moonshiners were the ones that started the whole, they were, you know, they put the moonshiners in, they would make their, their run, they put it in, in the back of a go-car, and that go-car would go to the place where it needed to drop it off, and that's kind of what started NASCAR, because they would do it on the beach, and they would, you know, they would run around, and uh, that's, that's what started NASCAR, pretty crazy. Because those guys could run from the cops pretty fast, <laughs> you know. Uh, and they would soup up their cars and, you know, put uh, smoking a Bandit type stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, that started what, what NASCAR is today. Um, fun fact. I'm, all, I'm full of those fun facts tonight. Um, anyway, so the Moonshiners, they kind of have a different take on it. A lot of what the show portrays is true to what the moonshiners used to do and i'm sure still do you know there's still moonshiners out there so you know and there's probably you know they're still in the backwoods of tennessee and stuff like that still doing the same thing they've been doing for generations and that's what's cool about the whole whiskey scene now moonshine can be whiskey right but not all moonshine's whiskey right sometimes it's brandies or you know whatever so just understand that uh, when I say moonshine, I'm not meaning whiskey. I'm just saying a clear spirit, right? So they, a lot of times they, because they didn't have, you know, electricity or a place normally. So they'd go into the woods and they would build a fire, build, build, build a big old pit and uh, put their pot, their copper pot on top of it, um, burn wood underneath it. Well, wood, you got to think about an open fire is really hard to manage, Um if you've ever smoked meat or something like that, you know it's like fire management is a skill. And these guys were literally, like, amazing how they could even do this. And they would divert water from the creek, or what they called the creek. Um, they would divert water from the creek to go into their condenser to condense it back down. Like, they, it's so ingenious, uh, you know crazy it's crazy the things that they would do um and so a lot of times when they mashed uh they would mash they would make they would make their own barley malt they would make their own corn and they would malt their corn as well which malted corn gives is kind of gives a cool taste um so that they could get more of that flavor right they would give a lot more more flavor to it and then they would they would subsidize it with sugar or cane sugar or molasses or whatever they had on hand beet sugar um i've heard a lot of stories of people using uh beet sugar and what else there was something else they would use um picolina is that what it's called picolina the the mexican candy they would get like candy sugar and put that in there and um and then they would mash it obviously but they would mash it in their boiler most of the time and they'd come back the next week, it'd be ready, they'd run it. Well, they, they're doing this in the woods, right? So they don't have time, nor the patience, to, let's do a, let's do a stripping run, and then we're going to do a spirit run, and I'm going to test it and do all this. They don't have time for that. we got to get this liquor out and get it going. So what they, that what they found out 
is if they did, let's say they have a 100-gallon pot, right? They're still doing a 100-gallon pot. They would do what they call a thumper or slobber box or a, a doubler. There's a couple names for it. They are a little different, and I'm not going to go into details of those. But basically what they were doing, they would light their fire. Well, guess what? When you have uh, corn and all this stuff in your boiler, it's going to bubble up. It's going to, you know, like it's like making a pot of stew. It's going to bubble and do all that. Well, the vapor, sometimes it'll do what they call puke. And it will actually, some of the stillage will get into the still and go try to go down the condenser. Well, if it does that and it gets stuck in there and hardens, it'll blow up because, you know, the, it's it's what they call an open distillation. The end of the condenser is open, right? It's open to the air. If you were to close that off, it would be a bomb, right? Because you have alcohol vapor and heat, right? That's a bomb. So if anything was to ever get stuck in there, it'd blow the thing up. So what they said, what they did is some someone, I don't know who, somebody's going to tell me. I, I know they will. I hope they will. Um, said, okay, well, why won't, why will get a, they would use uh, whiskey barrels or wine barrels or whatever, and they would cut a hole in it. They'd run from their line arm. Remember, we talked about line arm. They'd run their line arm to that whiskey barrel, put it all the way to the bottom, and put, like, um, a muslin or a mesh around it. Um, and then they would have another, then there would be the barrel. Sometimes they'd put... Um, uh, like apples or some of their mash in there and then on the other one they would have another piece of copper pipe coming up and it would be sitting you know almost at the top of the barrel but inside the barrel and they'd seal it all up and that would be the the thumper and so whenever the the alcohol vapor would come over it would see it would meet that that liquid that's in the in the thumper and then it would bubble and so it would go thumper get it um oh the old moonshiner uh popcorn sutton whenever his thumper started going off he would do what they call the thumper jig now a lot of these old moonshiners loved their own product if you know what i mean they were half snockered about the time they started making their run so um he would do his thumper jig um and he said it you know invoked good spirits for the run and stuff like that uh, he was a character Rest in peace, brother. Um, but anyway, so once that thing starts thumping, it basically redistills it because it heats up all of that water in there with that hot steam or all that mash or whatever they have in there. So it redistills it again. So it's cleaning the product up like, we, like we're talking about. So you're getting more alcohol. So you're basically doing two runs in one. Really ingenious if you think about it. The, I tell you what, those old moonshiners, they knew what the hell they were doing. You know, they knew they had to do it fast. They knew they had to make a good product. You know what I mean? And they knew they had to do it once and be done with it. Because they would mash in the same place they distilled. So, like, you know, you got to get it going. you got a week. You're done. And then it would go into the condenser, get condensed back into a liquid. And they do the same thing. They dump it out. They keep keep what they got and so when they're making the moonshines it depends upon what the proof is depends upon what they're running right if they're running peach brandy or pear brandy or something like that they might leave it or they might cut up peaches or something like that and put it in there uh sometimes they would add sugar back to it uh they would fortify it basically um 
and uh, but a lot of times it would just be the clear spirit. You know, everybody's heard of the apple pie moonshine and stuff like that. That came along uh, a little bit later. You know, when they, you know, not during prohibition. I don't know if they were doing a whole lot of that. I think that was more the rectifiers that were doing that. And we'll get into rectifiers on another uh, another episode because we're about to run out of time. But um, but yeah, they would just they would run it and gun it and then they'd send it off to their supplier to get it out to the people who wanted it. Um, and they're still doing that today. Uh, and the reason it's illegal for them is because they don't have the license to do it, obviously. And the fed wants their money, their tax money, period. They're not paying taxes on that. That's 100% free, clear money. Now they had to pay for the, you know, building the still and, and all the product that they put into it, but everything else is, is theirs, 100%. But they treat it like you're selling drugs, obviously, um, which, you know, that's a whole nother topic for us to talk about. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up right there. Um, I think that gives us a pretty good, um, pretty good go at what the distillation part of it is. Um, I'll think about what I want to name this episode because, uh, uh, I don't want to get flagged or anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's super cool. It gets super nerdy. You start talking about coffee stills and, you know, they're not made for coffee. It's the guy, um, you know, and then early distillation and what they would do and, um, you know, different, different methods that they do three chamber stills like what Leopold brothers are doing. I mean, there's so much out there you nerd out on. I'm trying not to nerd out so much so that it's, you know, easily digestible for you guys. But, um, anyway, I'm going to stop right there. I'm dead. Okay. Um, again, like subscribe, follow, um, if you have any, uh, any things you would want me to, uh, discuss on here, uh, shoot me a DM and let me know, uh, whiskey shaman, the underscore whiskey shaman, obviously. Uh, I can't believe I can't get the other page, but at this point it doesn't matter anymore. Um, so thank you all for listening. If you stuck around this far, I'm proud of you. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate y'all. Um, and y'all have a great week and as always keep your spirits up.